Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Liam and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Grant. Hello there, music fans. And George. Hello there, music lovers. I switched it up on you that time. You did. Uh, <laughs> each episode of Flawless, a host or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless and we talk about how they discovered it, why they love it, and at the end we decide if we agree that it's flawless or not. We have a Facebook group. It's called Flawless Friends and Family. You can find the link to that in our show notes. In there, we talk about what episodes we've got coming up, what albums we're going to be talking about, and also share our favorite episodes. So yeah, check it out and join if you would like to. And please join the conversation and tell us about what we've done wrong in yeah. an episode or what we've I feel done like right. sometimes our mem- group members are a bit too nice to us. Like, where's, yeah. where's the raging hate? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't so. hang out on social media just to be... Talked about how great compliments. I am. Compliments. You don't want the compliments so much. Right? No, it's too much. No, too much. Uh, <laughs> Unadulterated praise. That's know? it. Who's, who like, can deal with no, that? No, no. And of course, we talking have a Patreon. <laughs> yeah, talking of praise, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash flawless AMP, where you can back us from as little as $1 a month. And for that, you will get access to our bonus episodes and also early access to our episodes. So please check that out and back us if you can. Okay. We have a guest. Love a guest. this episode. Love a guest. Always a good time. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Hi, thanks for having me. My name is Bianca Valentino. I've been loving music since I was a kid and I've been writing about music since I was 15 years old when I first started making punk zines. And from there I started writing for Brisbane Street Press Rave for 14 years. And then from there I started writing for... Rolling Stone, Rookie Magazine, uh, also an arts magazine, No Cure, and now I do my own music magazine called Gimme Zine with my husband. And you have a small record collection. I do. Well, we have a – we stopped counting maybe two, three years ago at about 5,000 records, and since then, obviously, we bought a whole lot more. <laughs> wow. Cool. Wow. That's exciting. So where can people find you online? Where can people find your zine? They can find us at gimmezine.com. It's spelled G-I-M-M-I-E-Z-I-N-E.com. It's gimme with an I-E, uh, named after like the Black Flag way, mm-hmm. not the yeah. English language way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very good. And uh, social media, Instagram, etc. where people find you there? Yeah, just at, at gimme, gimme, gimme zine. Cool. Cool. Awesome. And Here we go. what kind of content have you got? Oh, sorry. I go for it. Uh, it's predominantly music-based. We cover a lot of especially underground Australian music because we have some of the best music here in our country that lots of people don't even know about. Mm -hmm. We started it actually at the start of last year and in that year I interviewed about 150 bands that were all pretty much from the Australian underground. 150. Wow. That's That's a big number. That's one every other day. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple times or, yeah, what? It's mm. just there's so many cool bands that don't get covered by mainstream press. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to – I love music. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm here talking to you yeah. about music. <laughs> we I love just, music too, absolutely. As do nice. we. Yes. Would you like to tell us what album you have nominated today? Wow. Yes. I chose Holes, Live Through This. And the sky was made of amethyst. And all the stars were just like little fish. You should learn when to go You should learn how to say no Awesome. So just before we get started, uh, George is going to give us a little bit of a content warning for this album. 
This episode of Flawless is covering an album with confronting themes. These issues include disordered eating, abusive relationships, substance abuse, suicide and sexual assault. If you are affected by any of these issues, please decide if you would like to continue listening. Thank you. Thank you for that, George. Uh, Live Through This is the second studio album mm-hmm. by American alternative rock band Hole and it was released on April 12, 1994 by DGC Records. So, Bianca, how did you come across or be aware of Hole or this album when it was released? Okay, I first became aware of Hole through their first album, Pretty mm-hmm. on the Inside. Yeah. So um, that album's a lot harsher, obviously, than Live Through This. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I've just been a fan of them since then. Like, I mean, finding such a, you know, someone like Courtney Love, who's such a brilliant songwriter and... I don't even know. Like, it's just such her body of work, especially the first, like, maybe three albums are mm-hmm. just so tremendous, especially Live Through This. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why the Live Through This thing as opposed to the others? Well, I almost chose Pretty on the Inside, but that one's, it's really harsh and, like, quite punk rock. But then this one is a little bit more accessible because it's got those harsh moments, but then it's also very poppy. Mm-hmm. And the song, like, they're really solid, good songs. Yeah. Mm. Cool. They are, aren't they? Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Frustrating. So this, is, this is one of the times that we've got a repeat artist. So um, two years ago, we when we did the Girls Rock Festival, one of the young punk bands who played that, the first one we did, um, Blush, I think, Blush. 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 Blush with two S's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they nominated Celebrity oh, yeah. Skin. Well, we just did a little, mi- like, because we were only doing a little micro episode, 10 minutes. Normally, we don't do duplicate artists, but with that it's one, against like the rules. 10 minute. But that was so cool to have, like, three, you know, 18, 19-year-old young women getting into music and saying, yeah, this Courtney loves our icon. She's the one that we all look to and the yeah. one that we want to try to be like and tell oh. our own truths and tell our own stories and that sort of stuff. Courtney Love got so many young women into music. Yeah. And I also loved how, like, at the end of her shows, she used to give her guitar to a young girl in the audience oh, cool. so they can start playing guitar. Yeah. That's nice. cool, though. Wow. I didn't know that. I Ooh. know someone who actually got one of the guitars. Stop it. Yeah. Oh, really? Do they play it? Do they frame it? Yeah. Away? They framed it and put it on the wall. Yeah. I would be playing it yeah. if playing it was it? me. Yeah. yeah. I think you got to play it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the first song on the album, uh, Violet, was one of the first songs that I learned to play on guitar. Nice. nice. Do you play any other musical instruments? Yeah, I play. We've got our own little studio set up at home. I make oh, music nice. with my husband. We have a musical project called No Future. It's spelled like K N O W. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the opposite of No Future Punk Rock. It's yeah. like No Future. Yeah. Yay. Nice. You see, you need, that needed to be in the yeah, intro, yeah. man. Like, come <laughs> on. Goodness. Yeah, me. geez. Do you have anything up on that people can find stuff to listen to? No, not yet. Not We're yet. just taking our time nice. and we're yeah. kind of just putting all the things we like into it. Can't and. Watch it. Yeah, then we're going to put it out. I mean, me and my husband, Johnny, like he's a musician and artist as well. Mm -hmm. And we just create because it's really fun. Yeah. Mm. And we just, we love making things. We love sharing things. No future with a K-N-O-W. Come on. You heard it here first, guys. (laughs) There we go. Thank you. Jeez, that's great. Grant. Yes. Had you ever heard of oh, Hole before? Of course I've heard of Hole before. <laughs> Look at you go. Hey, oh, man. Jeez. Yeah. Thank Had you. Had you heard this album before? Um, probably not end-to-end or not mm-hmm. certainly not not with intent to concentrate for it. I, I was at, um, so that 94 when it came out, would have been at boarding school for the 
94, 95, 96, and it was certainly on someone's, um, you know, compact disc days, guys. Mm-hmm. And I would have seen the cover and gone, oh, she's not bad. And, you know, I would have heard the tracks on the background somewhere along the line, but certainly yeah. not end to end. So, yeah. um, and then, you know, being um, Kurt's uh, partner and all the rest mm-hmm. of it. So, um, yeah. So we'll, we'll try not to talk too much about Kurt because, you know, you don't want to be its famous husbands or whatever, but also no. he's a fundamental part of the role he plays in the album and, and her musical choices. Yeah, so we'll try not for to. For sure. Um, so he certainly had. Cool. George. Hello. Little underground band called Hole. Yeah. Your your, intro, your, your, your introduction notwithstanding. My niche, my niche little underground. When, yeah. Yeah. when did you first listen to this album and start so, this album? So uh, consciously, um, I had celebrity skin because mm-hmm. that came out when I was like 13. So obviously I knew of Hole as because of Nirvana. So I knew of them from that and from MTV. And I think I've probably remember um violet the most as the single but i didn't actually um get into this album properly until my 20s um so yeah i definitely knew whole so i knew celebrity skin um and what i really wanted what i loved about that was the fact that um i was a guitarist and i was a woman and i was already playing like rock songs and stuff like that on my guitar and so i liked whole because i was like i wanted to be like post um this album i wanted to be melissa aftermath um because i'm also a ginger mm-hmm. so it was very important just ticking all the boxes so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so when celebrity skin came out like i just went who is she can mm. i be her please yeah. um so i got very excited but yeah so it was, i couldn't listen to live through this um because it was too impactful for me until i was in my 20s and then um they was but it was a really cool to do a deep dive for this episode so, cool yeah I actually interviewed a Melissa Oftimer and she is really lovely. Stop. Nice. Stop it. <laughs> and, and I've also interviewed Patty Shamel. No way. Wow. Nice. Who is just awesome. Okay, fine. And, play, and plays drums on this album. Is, was she the drummer all the way through Hole or just this album? I no, know no. They, I know she, their lineup changes a bit. I'm not sure. I know she's, she's been definitely. All the way through. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, Bianca's either my best friend or my nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You've mentioned Melissa a few times on the podcast. Have you heard her solo albums? Um, some of them, yeah. Yeah. Yes. You like them? Yes. Yeah. So I do. And she looks like a mermaid. So, yeah. um, like... She looks like... And Bianca, cool. you like the solo al- Melissa's solo albums? Have you heard them? I like one of them. Right. The, yeah. first, the first one? Yes. Yeah, I like the first one. And then after that, I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, like, she likes that 90s rock style. And she held on to that even as like, no, no, you need to progress just like a little bit and be a little bit different. But it was, yeah, the first album's really cool. But she joined the band after the sad passing of Kristen. Yes, yeah. So whole at the time of this album was Courtney Love, Eric Erlinson, Kristen Plough on bass. So Eric was on lead guitar and then Patty Shamel on drums. Yeah. And then, yeah, um, Kirsten passed away and uh, Melissa Aftermar joined the band. Mm-hmm. And it was only two months after this album came out. Mm. Oh no, it was a, a few months after this album came out, and it was only two months after Kurt Cobain yeah. had passed as mm-hmm. well. So um, I can't imagine what it was like for Courtney and the rest of the band there going through that ridiculous time. Yeah. So yeah, hardcore. So it's an impactful record. Yes. So that's well, I think the most striking thing about Courtney right from the start is she tells all her own stories, like the stories about herself, and mm-hmm. that's I think where you can. 
trace so like celebrity skin is more about the celebrity stuff so she got probably a bit more fame from this album she blew up with the kurt stuff as well and so the next album is about being a celebrity and what that means and the celebrity skin stuff and all that sort of thing like living in los angeles and miami and all that sort of thing so she definitely tells her own stories in a way that just like unadulterated um unashamedly her she's like you just know this is exactly how she wants it because if she didn't want it this way it wouldn't have happened she would have done something else or like mm-hmm. yeah every little piece just feel like it comes straight from her soul and her drive to get that done. Yeah, and it's so funny because when Kurt and Courtney met, Hull was actually bigger than Nirvana. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And, like, if you if you look at a lot of the lyrics on the first album, Pretty on the Inside, like, I reckon that Kurt was inspired by her, especially mm-hmm. for, like, In Utero, like, cause, yeah. you know, you could see the influence. Mm-hmm. And um, when they got – when um, Hull got signed um, – they got a seven record deal, I think, on Geffen. God, like, who gets with, that? I was going to say, they still, oh, haven't, they still haven't finished that. Have no. They're yeah. up like four. Got, but yeah. with Three a, to go. a million dollar advance, which yeah. was way more than Nirvana had. Mm. Like, so like that was kind of like a contention. Is the seven record deal still in place? Do they still have like five or four to go or something? Or do they <laughs> get to a point and just go, no, okay, this is definitely not going to happen. Let's just dissolve it and start again. I have no idea. I know that she is writing a new album and mm-hmm. she's been living in the UK and she's also writing a book. Like okay, memoir. cool. Cool. Because they did release another album like last year, I think, or like last couple of years. They've like, after a really long break, they released another album, I think. Yeah, that wasn't really whole though. That was like Courtney Love and okay. other people. Right. <laughs> Just okay. Whoever was around. <laughs> and other people. Other people. Uh-huh. Fair enough. So have you seen Whole Live? I have. I've seen Whole Live. I saw them when they came out in, it would have been mid-90s and it was touring for this album. Okay, cool. Wow, okay. Cool. Sure. Because I saw them play, I think, a Livid Festival, I think, or a Big Day Out. Big Day Out. Yeah, I think I didn't watch the whole set. I think I only caught like half a set or so, but... Yeah, I think that might have been a celebrity skin era because I didn't really start paying much attention until when this came out. I wasn't listening to this sort of music at all. It was more later on when celebrity skin came out that I was into this sort of stuff. And I've seen them at a festival back in the late 90s, early 2000s. I can't mm. remember which one. I can't remember if it was like Glastonbury, Reading, Leeds, B, cool. something like that. It was back in the UK. And they were very loud. It was very yeah. good. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. When I've seen her, like I've seen her at big festivals, but then I've also seen her like in a club environment and the club show I thought was just so much better. It was really mm-hmm. intimate and just, sure, sure. you know, feeling that, you know, rage come from the yeah. stage. Yeah. <laughs> rage from the stage. Rage from the stage. Awesome. Right. I haven't seen them live. Thanks for asking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you might have done that. If you, like I was thinking if you'd been to a festival, something like that. Because I could never afford to go and see them live. I don't think they toured South Africa at all, anyway. I was actually underage when I went to the show. I had a fake ID. Oh, no. oh yes, you did. Good girl. <laughs> yes, you did. Well done. I found mine the other day, actually. <laughs> but should I ever tell? No. Don't. <laughs> put it back there. Don't put it on the socials. It never happened. So, we had four singles. We do have four singles. Yes. Uh, Miss World, March 28th. Doll Parts, November 15th. Violet, which was the January of 95 the next year, and Softer Softest in December. So another 12, nearly 12 months afterwards. Um, <laughs> and in the Hottest 100 1994, Miss World was number 34 and Doll Parts was number 28. And the album's gone uh, platinum in Australia, Canada and the US. Mm. And it went gold in the UK. 
went to number 13 in the UK and in Australia, actually, but only went to 52 in mm. the, uh, the US. Um, but yeah, and it's even went to like number 27 in Scotland. So uh, like it, it's been, it's charted all over the place and all mm. of the singles charted um, as well in different places, uh, different countries, even like the Netherlands and stuff. So um, they made an impact for sure, which is cool. Mm. So it opens with Violet. It mm. does. Which is about... Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan. And we all know Billy Corgan, don't we? Yes. <laughs> even Granty knows Billy Corgan. <laughs> <laughs> even, yes, yes. Even Granty. That's cool. So that jangly guitar. <laughs> and then that's where it's got the softer vocals introduction than mm -hmm. previous whole record, the previous record. Um, it, well, as it starts anyway. Um, so that's probably... Is that Courtney's like way of saying... This album's going to be a bit different. Perhaps I hadn't mm. really thought about that. Just like, yeah, this is a bit softer than yeah. Pretty on the Inside. I don't know Pretty on the Inside, but yeah, it feels like this. The whole album is sort of like her angry, aggressive rock spirit, but then tapered through like almost studio production to just give it a bit of a sheen, so that it makes it that bit more accessible as well. Which sort yeah. of like finds that nice balance between really raw and you know, it's not. It's, ne it's never pop. It's never easy listening or you know, super radio friendly or anything. But it still gives it that sheen on the way through. It is my favorite whole song. Mm -hmm. Violet nice. is my most favorite. It's the one that I enjoyed dancing and shouting along to in clubs when I was underage. And uh, uh, so from uh, when I was thirteen onwards yeah. and clubbing illegally. Uh, yes, this was the my favorite of the whole songs, and it was the one that they used to play so we can all sing along with. Um, uh, go on, take everything, take everything. I want you to. We would like the women in the uh, yeah. crowd would all do that. It's and, an like, awesome mantra. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. We'd angrily shout at our boyfriends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just at the time, like, yeah, go on, <laughs> go on. Um, so, but it's got such a great melody, and the contrast between the verses and ha with harmonies and everything into that harsh, aggressive chorus is just great. Mm. Loads of guitar feedback which is nice. The drums are like rolling through powerfully. Um, and it just, it's, yeah, it's something I resonate with mm. this song. Yeah. And on that song, like Courtney played clean guitar and then Eric did the leads and all the distorted uh, yeah. sort of parts on that as well. And that song was actually written in 1991 and they played it on the early, like 91, 92 whole tours. Mm. Okay. Right. So, and then, you know, it didn't come out on the album until 94. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad they did. Yes. That's cool. So that was, yeah, that was the third single, wasn't it? So, mm. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like it almost should be like a first song, first single. Like, it, I, yeah. it always surprised me that it's not the first single. Like, it's such a statement song from Hole it as is. well. It's like, that's, mm -hmm. this is exactly who we are and who we're going to be on this album. So sit down, you know, strap in, you're ready, you're going on a ride. But the first single was actually Miss World, mm. which was sweet vocals um, and guitar intro. Um, but uh, there's the reference to Anne Sexton, the poet, mm -hmm. who um, she took her own life with uh, barbiturates um, and referred to them as kill me pills. Mm. And so that's the reference in the um, lyrics in there. Wow. Um, so, yeah, as somebody with anorexia, um, it was like very like impactful to mm. listen to that so like with like suicidal ideation and all that kind of stuff growing up um when she sings watch, the so. 
too much to listen to mm-hmm. when I was young. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, stop resonating with me mm. and my life. Like the themes of the album were like too, too closely knitted to me as a person. And I was like, nope, don't like that. <laughs> don't like that. Too close to the bone. Too close to too the bone. Too close. Like, yeah, absolutely. But it's what a great song though. Mm-hmm. So I can like I know that they that Violet could have been like the first single, but like Miss World is a really great song. Just three minutes of just solid song. Done. Yeah, yeah. So this is where we get to um, like when grunge happened, and there was there's a lot of bands that did grunge badly because they thought it was all about moaning and like just drawling and just dragging your hand up and down the guitar. But the best grunge songs are constructed like pop songs. They, they make you want to dance. They make because they knew that they'd be constructed like pop songs, and then they could play them and thrash them live, and you could throw yourself around as well. And that's these ones are like, you know, yeah, it's it's a really angry and a really acerbic song, but it's also got that structure, and it makes you want to dance. And when she's singing, and I'll make my bed, I've made my bed, I'll lie in it, I've made my bed, I'll die in it. You know, you can feel like you you want to mosh to that. Like it's a really angry and a sort like I you know. It's like, ah, it's really aggressive. But also, I just want to jump around and scream at myself and throw my hands in the air. And Kristen actually wrote those lyrics. Okay. They were her contribution to that like, to that song. Like, she actually wrote those uh, lyrics that they, like, elaborated on and turned mm. into that huge, like, dance section in yeah. the song. And I find it interesting how, like, the themes of the song are kind of a little bit darker, like, you know, self-image, substance abuse, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But then the actual song is really bright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's where, yeah, a lot of people take that down darker view and put it into the music as well. And then you sort of, it just becomes too much and like a weight on you. Whereas this is like, yeah, it's angry and aggressive, but also I just want to jump around and have a bit of good time for it as well. <laughs> Which leads us straight into Plump because that this was the first one that I hadn't heard. So I'd never listened to the album all the way through before, yeah. but I knew Violet and Miss World. And then I was like, oh, okay, so now I'm going to listen to something that I hadn't heard before. And it's just like two and a half minutes of just pure thrash. Like, how fast can I play my guitar? Let's go faster, let's go faster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just really cool. And it's got some awesome, the awesome line. It doesn't rhyme. It's one of those things where it's like it's, she's not trying to make the words like it's it's structured like a, a verse, but it's not rhyming at all. But she's just the way its delivery is just perfect. It is, and I like. Uh, do you fake it for me like I do you? <laughs> <laughs> just like, yep, that's a nice line to throw at somebody. Difficult to misinterpret that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Um, but this is uh, a lot of it was about motherhood and postpartum depression and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, like she was dealing with a really difficult time after Francis mm. was born and like mm-hmm. and struggling with substance abuse, etc. And that must have been an incredibly hard time. And then to turn that into music yeah. that is then accessible to people and, mm. and put it out there, that's really brave. No small f- no mean feat is it? That's the thing about it's just her. It's just unashamedly her. Every part of it. It's just like I'm just gonna take these things that I feel and it doesn't matter if people are ready for it or how they're gonna deal with it. It's just this is gonna be me and if people don't like it then they can mm-hmm. not listen. Grant. Yes. Double tick songs from you that we No, no double ticks actually. Oh okay. Oh forgive me. That's a fib. <laughs> she walks on me. Okay. Oh, and yeah. Rockstar. I mean come on. <laughs> and Rockstar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So she walks on me. Uh, mm. 
I wrote drums, exclamation mark, guitar, punch, <laughs> total totally. effects, yeah. shouting, all of them equals yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So they were my, they were the first notes that I wrote. So um, Courtney actually said in like an interview, she was uh, t- talking about um, Olympia and the Riot Girl movement and stuff like that. So, and there were some influences from there. So in She Walks On Me, I actually, I really got that, that kind of like some of that like Riot mm. Girl stuff that she was talking about. Um, which uh, I, because that's like a, a genre in itself that I enjoy and like, and I guess that's cool. Mm. Um, but yes, there's um, uh, there's a lyric in there of. Everybody's got that same one down as well. That's so cool. I added the it smells like girl, it smells like girl on the end. Yes. But yeah, that's a super cool line. Yeah, so it's just fast and punchy. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, just, it's a great, yeah, it's a good choice, Carl. I yeah. think it's really cool that, like, I feel like, you know, why I really loved Hole a lot is because, you know, they didn't fit straight into the grunge scene and they didn't no, fit straight correct. into the riot girl scene either. No. Like, even though they're kind of an amalgamation of both. It's like they had their own thing going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I yeah, which is like admirable because they yeah, they, they had their own style of grunge and they, and punk that they kinda of put together and I yeah, I yeah, I liked it. And I like the fact that um it was just um what I admired about Courtney Love growing up was the fact that I could dress in girly dresses, um, with big fuck off boots um and stomp around uh with eyeliner and glitter and um, with my hair like bleach my hair and this side and the other and it was just like um and like walk around the streets um with people looking at me going well she's too crazy to fuck with apparently so um guys left me alone which was really nice and it was like someone like courtney loves like aesthetic allowed me to be like hyper empowered you enabled you enabled me to be hyper feminine which i am but also like grungy and like dirty and punk mm-hmm. rock as well and so it was like really nice that i there was someone like that that i could like again with like like i talk about shirley manson she did that for me she would wear like nice a-line dresses and then big fucking boots and like like smudged red lipstick and i was like yeah, I yeah. Here be, I am. Yeah. don't want to be that. And mm-hmm. so when women like that are in the industry and they're really like exploding and making a name for themselves and that like they're not trying to be masculine in mm-hmm. order to fit in and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, love it. So cool. That was just, that was my TED talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming. I would have been, the, I was the same though. Like I used to walk around in slip dresses and stuff as well and those baby doll dresses with mm-hmm. boots and that oh, glitter, cool very nineties. Yeah. It's yeah, so it, nice. was, it was. It's come back though, which I'm really pleased. That's fun. I still do it. <laughs> no problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I've got like so many sequins, uh, but then I've also got like big chunky boots and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and I put them together, and I leave the house without my partner because he looks at me and he's like, "I don't know what you are, but I'm glad <laughs> you're going out without me." So have fun. Yeah, have fun. See you. But you talked about rock star too, oh, Grant. When I went to school. It's cool. It's just a great, I think it's a great closing track. I like how she has the Um, little laugh in there as well. Yeah, the false start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, correct. It's great. So I think it's just a great way to close the album. You you referred to the first few tracks, the first two at least, um, before Plum. 
And those are very, like those ones I'd known, I'd yeah. heard before. Yeah. Um, and so I think it opens really nicely and closes with that, like a bit of a fun track at the end, mm. for me anyway. With, um, uh, 38 minutes, you know. There's a great it. line in Rockstar. Um, we look the same. We talk the same. We even fuck the yes. same. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Lyric buddies. I didn't write it down. Because no, I was, yeah. yeah. I literally listened to that driving in now. And I was like, yes, that's a cool line. Nice. Yes. Liam? Um, I, I love that bit at the end of that song where it's like, we're thrashing it, we're thrashing it, we're thrashing it, and then it cuts out. And then there's a voice that says, no, we're not done. Like just so, and you can never tell whether it was spontaneous in the moment or, you know, whether that mm. was all planned and structured. But it comes back, and then like much more chaos and mousing and wailing. And then it's like, so that's like a live show. It's like it, you cut out for a second, everyone cheers, and then you do a big thrash and smash at the end, and then the, it ends on feedback and someone saying goodbye. So like it feels <laughs> like a live, like they've tried to capture that essence of that live show, which works really well. That's true. Standouts for you. Your Bianca. album, come on, Bianca. <laughs> all of them, all like of them. for real, all, sure. all of them. Like with this album, like you know, I have all the vinyl versions, I have all the singles, I have wow. bootleg CDs that I used to get, I have like um, promo posters. Mm. Like I love every song on this album. <laughs> you know, like you know, I even like the um, cover that they do credit in the yep. straight world, the mm -hmm. young marble giants. Like I think they did a brilliant job of that. Mm -hmm. yeah, and good. like, got a tick from me. It's hard for people to do a cover song and do it just as good or if not better than yeah. the original. Mm -hmm. And I think they succeeded in that. Although the band's frontman doesn't agree. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. He doesn't have to. <laughs> Stuart Moxham reportedly hated their version saying they had turned it into a pornographic Led Zeppelin track. Oh, <laughs> juice. So That's thanks, a Stuart. cutting assessment. Um, yeah, so it's got it's an it's a really unusual opening for them. Like there's almost that chanting in the background and stuff, and they actually tweaked the lyric a little bit at the front as well. So, yeah, I can see why he might not like it if he's like, I'm really attached to the original version. But it's it's one of those yeah where it doesn't it doesn't sound anything like the original because the um, Young Marble Giants didn't make music that sounded anything like this at all. Like they were really stripped back and like one instrument, one or two vocalists, and creating levels and layers. Whereas this is more like balls out just straight up thrash rock as well yeah well hole put their own percussion like their own rhythm yeah, to it yeah you know and that wasn't sort of in the original one for it but <laughs> another song i really like is doll parts yeah yeah <laughs> doll parts is really cool that was the one song on the album that courtney wrote herself all the rest were her and eric okay that's awesome um because it's an acoustic like we've mm. got this like, yeah. acoustics and, and she's almost speaking over it in the intro. Yeah. Um, which is like really nice until those harmonies come in. I love it when the harmonies come in because um, I've forgotten to write the name of the person that did the harmonies. Um, there was um, some... Uh, I did write down... Her name's Dana. I know that's Dana, her name. Yeah, Dana. So they Dana brought, Kletter. Dana Kletter, that's yeah. right. Um, so they brought Dana in because they wanted the harmonies to not... Uh, to sweeten Courtney's aggression. Mm -hmm. um, so um, they got her to come in and do the harmonies on it. Um, mm -hmm. and it, they, but, but it actually does work really well because Courtney's voice um, would, doesn't work as well in the harmonies for the sweetness. Yeah. Um, but the sweetness works really well in the poppiness mm -hmm. of the album. So, um, yeah, so that's a really, that's like really nice 
I um, like how there's moments in that song where you can hear her voice cracking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that the record label wanted her to wanted that taken out. Okay. But I'm so oh. glad they left it in mm-hmm. because yeah. That's one thing I really love in music is all the little imperfections and things. Like yeah, I think- we've, we've talked about that before here too. It's like, yeah, if, if it's if it works as a, as that imperfection, then go for it. Mm-hmm. And there's something that was so many relate like relatable, which is I love him so much it just turns to hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, again, as well. I've been in those relationships <clears throat> yeah. too. And it, it's and the other lyric that I want to be the girl with the most cake. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I wrote that down too. Yeah. yeah that one absolutely. Down. Yeah. Like what girl doesn't want to be the girl with the most cake? Yeah. <laughs> it's just amazing. Like it's that same. Like it is a softer and acoustic song, but it's still so her. It's still like that withering mm. and the sardonic stuff and the raw, like even the raw vocals and stuff as well. Like even when she's tempering herself down, it's still just so pure her. And there's a line in it that talks about begging, and the reason why it was included in the song was like there was a dog at the residence where she was riding it and the dog was literally begging right nice take your inspiration where you can see it absolutely that's sweet speaking of like taking your inspiration from real life things asking for it which was inspired by an incident that occurred in august 1991 where she stage dived and then was molested by members of the audience Mm -hmm. and um, someone took a photo and in the photo she was smiling because she felt like she had to smile while all this stuff was happening and it wasn't until afterwards that she could actually say what had happened. So yeah, once again, just to take that horrific experience, this personal experience, and then just turn it into this quite hooky, quite, you know, big rock song as well is really admirable. And then like referencing that, and this is like about performing, she sings. like had that incident and then she's still touring and still playing yeah it's just like cheapening herself for the audience Mm. that has like violated her in the past and this actually was never released as a single but it reached number 36 in the billboard charts for four weeks in 95 anyway okay (laughs) they didn't asking for an ep did you see that one at all that they did and then they've got oh. um, they did like a germs cover on it as well, and the artwork was really controversial because okay. it had like there was like um, arms on the front cover and like they had like cuts yeah okay in them and it was really controversial mm. wow yeah because back in ninety five there wouldn't be a way for anything to chart if it wasn't yeah, released so in some kind have, of physical yeah. product so so would have yeah so if they brought out the EP that would probably mm. make sense as to why it charted in the Billboard but it charted as a single. In the billboard yeah, because these days you can chart off YouTube. I think they count YouTube plays as well now. So you can, you oh, don't, wow. you don't have to release a physical product. You can no. chart if you just put a video out and it, it's all hooked up the right way and connected. You can chart off like Spotify players and YouTube views and stuff like that. But yeah, back in '95, they would have had to have put, yeah. put something created up. something, some kind of physical product for people to put into their players. But then talking about real stuff again, um, Jennifer's body was based mm-hmm. on real stories that they she put together about. Um, kidnapping assault murder dismemberment of women um and there's like a particular few um big uh, cases that were happening in the years before and they turned the whole thing into the lyrics of jennifer's body Mm -hmm. which is some heavy themes yeah for all 
There's no dark chocolate there. But like the lyrics are so sweet. Like, like the, not the lyrics, sorry, the singing is mm. like, yes. it's, it's just like, you know, the... Da, 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 da. It's just like really sweet and lovely. But then it's like com- when she sings like pieces of Jennifer's body, it in that sweet way, it's like a dichotomy because the, the yeah. lyrics don't match the sweetness. And mm. it's like, it's really like, yeah, in your face. Juxtaposed. Yes. Juxtaposed. Good word. Look at that. <laughs> this is true. Um, I, I love when she does the more intense vocals, though, on songs as well, because mm-hmm. I feel like that that kind of rawness and that kind of unnerving sort of feeling you get from it, it's meant to unsettle you. Like yeah. gutless. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't hold back. No. She's not holding back on gutless, that's for sure. Absolutely. Um, and it makes, it makes for a very good song to dance to in a rock club when you have her like guttural grungy vocals like powering through over this like poppy grungy rock song yeah and stuff that you can sing along to as well like the the themes of the songs are all very open and the vocals you can always hear them quite clearly and you know Mm -hmm. what she's saying so it makes it very easy to sort of sing along to if you were Mm-hmm. at a club and thrashing yourself around and just maybe even singing to yourself in your own head but you know those lyrics and you can really connect to them relate to them mm. so I really like gutless mm-hmm. like it's I've got a little heart and gutless because um, that's punchy and driving yeah it's like two, yeah, yeah. two and a bit oh. minutes of just pure thrash all the way yeah, through no mess with us yeah um, it's just a really great song and then um, she sings Really cool, like penultimate track, and as you say, two minute fifteen, I think it is. Yeah, rash. Yep, just, just pure thrash straight through. through. Yep. So the whole album, I don't think anything goes. Nothing reaches four minutes. I think the most, only a couple of them go over three and a half. So I think they're really like solidly constructed. She's just got her idea for what she wants the song to be. But it's that same thing again. Is like it's almost built for a live audience because if you're a live audience, you're not going to be able to throw yourself around for like a six minute or a seven minute song. But like three minutes, you're just going to be able to have that party and yeah. have that thrash around. Three thirty six, three forty two. That's mm. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just Couple really well constructed. That's it. <laughs> but that's yeah. what I like in an album. Yeah, I like I like I like three minute songs. Where well, look, the, the ones around. that have got flawless have been in the main. Yeah, in 10 the main, to twelve yeah. songs, thirty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, minutes. 35 minutes. That's our attention span. Yeah, yeah. those are the ones that have got across in the main. Mm -hmm. Um, That's true. So, but yes. Okay. Any other notes you've got, Bianca? Any other thoughts from different songs? Um, The only other thoughts is just all like, you know, like we've talked about some of the themes and stuff that's kind of, you know, like a reflection on codependency, motherhood, Mm -hmm. feminism, talking about the female experience and not holding back and not sugarcoating things. Mm. But then often using like sugarcoating with the melodies and, you know, the feels of the songs, but talking about really serious stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because in I Think That I Would Die, that's a song that's about the battle with Kurt over custody of Francis. So that's, that's like another thing where she's just like, I'm just going to expose myself, just put everything that is me on, onto this album and tell about talk about the things that I really feel. So she sings. Yeah, 
and just I think abscess is just like the most grungy word it's like there's this big empty abscess. mooring space that just draws everything in and sucks mm. it all in but it's just yeah just really cool lyrics and then she has a kind of like shouting like it's not yours fuck you yeah. moment mm -hmm. as well um, loads of guitar feedback I really enjoy that yeah and on that song, Cat Bajellan from Babes in Toyland mm -hmm. was the co-writer oh, cool. of that song. Yeah. Um, before Hole, Courtney actually had a band with Cat Bajellan from Babes in Toyland and um, oh, one of the women from um, L7. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, Jennifer cool, huh? Finch. Okay, yeah. Yeah, as well. That's and cool. And I don't know if you know that like Courtney Love was sung for Faith No More, even no. before Mike Patton. No. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. So yeah, she's she's everywhere. She's doing all the things. Yeah, she was leading the charge. Yes, like not earning stripes. She was giving no. them out. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's cool. Any last things, Georgia? We'll throw for a final pitch. Uh, no, I think I'm cool. Cool. Like yeah. Awesome. You're good. No, I'm so, good. Good. Okay, so Bianca, final pitch on holes. Live through this. It's it's just it's one of my favorite albums of all time. I mean, it still holds up today as it did when I first heard it in 1994. Mm -hmm. All those songs stand alone. There's lots of variety on the album. I mean, Courtney Love just does it in a way that no one else has mm -hmm. since. And it's also inspired a lot of women and, you know, a lot of people in general to pick up a guitar. Mm. Awesome. Oh, sweet. Cool. Uh, we'll start with George. Oh. Let's start with me. Let's Hello. start with final George. thoughts on whole thumbs up or thumbs down. Okie dokie. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed having a deep dive because um, I'd not really listened to it since my twenties, um, except for Violets on one of the like it's one of my favourite like grungy songs ever and to shout along to. So uh, mm -hmm. yes, that's been on playlists. Um, so um, I found it difficult when I first heard it because I it was too relatable lyrically to my actual life so um uh, I like put it aside and carried on just listening to like the saccharine ones that came out later um uh, which was fine um but the songs themselves are constructed in a really clever way to make you dance and to be poppy and fun as well as being guttural and like communicate a message of some description which is hard and the messages are hard in this album um, and it would be easy to kind of like gloss over it and ignore and just dance along to um, but uh, like the way Courtney has presented some of these lyrics and the way she sings it it's like wow that's in your face like you'll have to you have to be confronted by some of this stuff which is really cool so I think it's an excellent album um, I think it's important these things are spoken about and um, I think it's incredibly brave especially back in the what's it? mid 90s early 90s yeah early 90s when it comes out very like, brave that's really brave and to be on personal experience as well that's really cool so the songs are really well performed really enjoy love them um but there was one song that i i wish wasn't on the album because like because it's so like everything's so raw and impactful like i really love the album like top to bottom um but you were all talking about it i think um the credit in the straight world is a great cover but I don't think it should have been on the album. Mm -hmm. I think it should have stayed as the voice of the um, of like Courtney and Eric and stuff like that. I think it should have stayed as their album, and then that could have been a really awesome B side 
like look at how great we are at doing this cover because um, I think it's an excellent song it's just that um, it, it stops you after like doll parts it stops you because you're like oh now we're going into this random like segue into somebody else's words like somebody else's voice and then we go into softer softest and so I would like remove that one pop it as a b-side so I can't call it a flawless album um, but I can say it's a bloody corker cool yeah grant as the clock ticks final thoughts and a thumbs up or a thumbs down <laughs> literally as the yeah, clock yeah. ticks but you are um, on a deadline look I I had to put aside my um, my opinions of um, oh man Courtney and um, the album and, and 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 the band I suppose I never they were I, I thought that they were probably you know associated with um, Kurt and you know, then they sort of sold out and begrudgingly really liked this. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, I know a lot of these songs. This is really, really cool. It's um, about the music. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it's exactly, it's about the music. And I'm like, geez, heavy themes. And then, you know, you've had, you know, you've detailed some of that as a, as a precursor to this to this episode, George. Um, and I probably listened to it harder as a result of, of you know, you telling us what, what, you know, that it was a heavy album for you. Um I I got through to I've got ticks all around no d- the double ticks for she walks on me and for rockstar and then I sat there and I listened to gutless and I was like ooh I'm like softer softer was like a maybe and I'm like I'm still good with it and then I heard gutless and I was like oh I don't know if I like this and then I thought no this has got to stay in this <laughs> album this is required and so I'm gonna say it's flawless bro cool. I, I I reckon it was great it's a great album and I, and I might not whatever I may feel about it, it is about the music and very brave ladies and mm-hmm. and some very heavy themes um and i love the way it closes as well so start to end thank you um because i wouldn't have initiated it or or, or gone and looked for this mm-hmm. album myself yeah um but i thought it was cool so thank you great nice. flawless done yeah cool. liam yeah um i'm in a similar position to grant in that i was like i didn't really know what to expect from it but then i was thinking because I've known, I've heard a lot of stuff about Hole. Yeah. But then I'm like, yeah, but everything I've heard about them has been from not from them. It's from other people who have various reasons to say the things and that sort of stuff. So I was like, all right, just clean slate it, just go in. And I loved it. Like, it's just, yeah, really beautiful lyrics. It's like the, it confronts those themes really well. Like, I think I'm in love with Courtney, like, in a way that I'd never thought of before. Like, just the way that she approaches music <laughs> yeah, writing think, and songwriting and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Rolling Stone called it the most potent blast of female insurgency ever committed to tape. And I think that's, that's, I'm hundred percent on board with that. None mm-hmm. of the songs you can skip. Um, yeah. She puts every part of herself into every song, no question, no fear, no fucks given just, this is just 100% her and the band obviously supporting her and going through with that as well. Mm. And yeah, there wasn't a song that I didn't love on it. So I'm calling it flawless as well. Wow. So Whoa. yeah, I loved it. Whoa, George, <laughs> my question for you. Hello. If you didn't know that that song was written by someone else, would you have called it flawless? Oh, that's interesting. Yes, it is. Yeah, because um, I love the song. Yes. Because I do love the song. See, and I'm... <laughs> so, so if you didn't know... So if I didn't know it was a cover, then I'd probably just go through going, oh, this is a bit of a different like take on mm-hmm. things. Um, and, then, and then and then maybe yeah, then I could have said it was flawless. So are you changing your mind? No, 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 no changing your no, minds. No, takes you back. It is, it is what it is. No, takes you back. Because just because I like 
It was so as a punishment of your research, you're saying that it's not. Yeah, but it's a cover. Like they made the active choice to include a cover that wasn't by them, and that's the choice that George doesn't agree with. But see, when I first listened to that album, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it was a cover. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I didn't know. I thought it was one of their songs, and I'm like, this song's amazing. And it was only till when I opened it up and looked at the credits for it yeah. that it had someone else's name, mm-hmm. and then that made me research. And mm-hmm. then I went and heard the other one, and I was like, oh, okay, but yeah. I didn't know. So I thought it was theirs, and I thought it was amazing. Mm. What constructive conversation. Yeah. There we go. We would like to thank Bianca for nominating such a great thank album you. and bringing it to us. Thank you for joining us today. Woo-hoo. And we want to thank everybody for listening. Yes. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are Flawless AMP on all of those. So check us out. Give us a rating, share and like our posts. Every little bit helps us find more music lovers like you. And of course, we have the Patreon. So patreon.com slash flawless AMP. So check us out there if you can. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time.